Welcome to Mamas in Training, a podcast that gives new moms guidance and community from moms who have been there. I'm Jessica Lorian, a mama in training myself, so let's learn together all about this thing called motherhood. My mission for this podcast is to bring you guidance from moms who've been there. And today's guest, Brenna Ruiz, is just that mama. She's created a blog and a social media platform called What About Mamas, with the intention to share what she wished she had known from the physical and mental states that a woman may experience to the products that she wished she had purchased. Today, Brenna shares specific tips for what to expect and how to best prepare yourself to have the most healing postpartum experience. Make sure to click on her link in the show notes to grab her postpartum guide and stay tuned till the end because she shares some exciting news at the end of this episode. I'm Brenna Ruiz. I'm a first-time mom. I'm based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So nine months ago, after having my son, he's almost actually one years old, After having my son, I just felt super lost and overwhelmed and confused. I was struggling physically and mentally. And that's when I started my blog and website. It's called whataboutmamas.com. I'm sharing personal reflections about motherhood so that other new moms feel validated with what they're going through. Because for me, when I was looking around on Instagram, you see a lot of these like snapback pictures and You do a lot of comparing between all these people who present their highlight reel of motherhood and you're like, that is not how I feel. Am I not a good mom or, you know, was I not cut out for this? And so I'm sharing with the hopes, I'm just trying to share some reality with the hopes that other women don't feel so alone in their journey to motherhood. And I'm also, I am interviewing uh, women's health and wellness experts as well on certain topics that I wanted to cover with some expertise because I'm not going to like bullshit to you about sex after childbirth because, you know, I'm not just going to make stuff like that up. Yeah. Well, today I really wanted to focus on the mental and the physical preparation that we can do before even reaching that postpartum stage. And I just want to put a little caveat out there. Brenna is not offering medical advice. This is just from her experience. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I mean... That's just it. If you need professional medical advice, you know where to go. You can find a doctor easily. That's one thing that I love about what you're doing in your blog is you have brought professional people on and interviewed them and all of that, but it's more so your raw experience. I feel like I've shared so many of your amazing articles and I was like, yes, we finally get to talk. So I'm really, really happy to have you here. Well, thank you. I love what you're doing because I think the education does need to begin before you're even pregnant is amazing. While you're pregnant is good. And, you know, after you're a new mom, I feel like it's almost already too late because you're already in the thick of things and feeling super overwhelmed and it's a lot. So I love what you're doing and can't wait to see more from you. You said... After your pregnancy, this is probably, I am assuming, where the title came from. You said you were left saying to yourself, what about me? And then what about mamas came about? So today I want to talk about the physical and the mental. And these are things like we've mentioned that you really need to know before you even, I mean, even if 
before possibly you can start to thinking about having a baby, but especially before you give birth. Like I said, after I had my son, I literally spent probably four months Googling and just like searching and trying to find all the information I needed because it was not in one spot where I could find it. So creating that hub of information and validation for women, that's really what I set out to do. So let's dive into the physical first. And you mentioned on here, I love this, after sharing my body for almost a year, I just wanted it back to myself. Gosh, I found that to be a really profound statement. So how did it feel in those first few days, in those first few weeks, in sort of this body that felt a little foreign to you? So I think the key here is this piece of information that I'm going to tell everybody here that a friend of mine told me, but had she not told me this, I think things would have been a lot worse for me. So once again, you go to Instagram and you see these snapback pictures of moms who look like the size two they were before they got pregnant and they're holding a newborn and they look that way now. And that is usually not the case for some reason, um, or I'll say some people, you know, they might be working out or they might have a different gene pool than me or whatever else. I will say most women are going to have a lot of bloating and appear to be still like five months pregnant. You're still going to have the belly and the loose skin. You're going to be pumped up with liquids and the bloating. And just knowing that going in is going to help a lot with managing your expectations. But even knowing that, I felt super impatient um, and just really wasn't ready for that to stick around as long as it did because... Um, you know, you have about six weeks until you're usually cleared for physical activity or, you know, starting to return to some of the physical activities that you were doing before. Until then, you're mostly doing, you know, like light walking, maybe some really gentle yoga, things like that. Um, so even when I got to that six week mark and I was like, okay, now it's time, you know, now maybe I should just jump back right into my workout and and get my body back or whatever. And I think we just need an entire reframing about the concept of getting your body back because your body is gonna change and that's okay. And it's gonna change in some ways that are temporary, in some ways that may be permanent. And we just don't talk about this as a society. We expect that women need to be able to put on their old jeans and I was texting my friends, you know, three months after giving birth and saying like, so when am I gonna be back to my baby weight or just I had all these super unhealthy ideas because nobody told me and, and that's what I want to do is continue having this conversation and just kind of change the dialogue around it. I was honestly weighing myself basically every day um, throughout my pregnancy to make sure that I was on track with healthy weight gain. And I weighed myself every day postpartum until I can't even remember, maybe for five months or something. And finally you get to a point where you're like, what am I doing? You know? So um, I think it needs to be said. The, the standards that we're setting for women are ridiculous. They're not healthy and we need to move on past those. So, um, yeah, 
don't don't be paying attention to the scale. Be thinking about how you're feeling. And are you eating healthy? Are you trying to get out for walks? And it's it's definitely more about how you feel versus the scale, the size, the any of that. So that's my <laughs> that's my yeah. two cents there. Absolutely. I recently had an episode with Katie McCarty and it's all about loving your body and yourself postpartum. And she says a great quote that's just buy the bigger pants. Like, yeah. it's okay. Just buy the bigger pants. Yeah. You'll feel comfortable. You'll, it'll be, and then you can change your pants down in the future. But in the meantime, you know, don't have that goal be the thing that you're going toward, you know? Right. I also had another guest that mentioned there are some people, like you said, that just have the genes to bounce back mm -hmm. and that will always just have the belly and then that's it. And then it goes away. And in a month, they're done. I think right. you said what you said is key in the beginning, which is managing our expectations. I, I did it too. I posted the picture where I started getting down, started shutting off some of the weight. You know, it comes off naturally with what you're doing, you know, breastfeeding and starting to work out again and everything else. So I started get the, getting the pounds down and I posted the picture. Like I posted the picture of the side-by-side -side pregnant and then uh, holding baby. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to be commenting on how great I look. And I wanted that. I mean, we're all human, you know? Yeah. People want to be told that they look great. People want to be complimented. And I, people did say like, oh my gosh, you bounced right back. And I felt great about that. But then I had to stop and think months later and I was like, what's the narrative here? You know, why yeah. it was, it was stemming from my insecurity because I still wasn't exactly looking and feeling like myself. And I just wanted somebody else to say like, you look good, you know? So I think mm. just really think long and hard and examine like how you're feeling mentally about that. And it is, I would encourage you, um, you know, talk to somebody about that. So one of the big things I talk about as well is um, keep in mind when you when you have give birth, you're probably re reaching your out of pocket maximum for that year. So that a lot of the things that you typically wouldn't spend money on in terms mm. of healthcare, you are going to get for free. And that also goes for if you have a significant other also on your plan. So go to the term excuse me, go to the dermatologist if you usually skip that, go to a therapist if that's something that would help you. It's all free. So why wouldn't oh, you, wow. you know? If you're struggling with something, please, please seek help because it is out there and there's no better time when it's covered. And then I know that from your breastfeeding experience, that was another thing that I'm sure played into this physical aspect of it. So would you like to share what that struggle was like? Sure, yeah. So breastfeeding was something I severely underestimated. I thought it was going to be so easy. I mean, obviously... I think been, many people do. We've been doing it since the beginning of time. So, I mean, what could... What, I don't... Yeah. Like, it's going to be easy and it's going to be fine. I watched a few um, YouTube videos and I was like, done and done. Like, <laughs> moving on to the next one. And Check. If, Got it. <laughs> if I could go back, and I would strongly encourage any woman who plans or hopes to breastfeed to do a um, breastfeeding like crash course or class before having your baby because there were just things that I was not set up for. And I hoped to breastfeed for six months to a year. 
and I lasted two and a half weeks. So mm. I'm going to share one more tip, which is the thing that um, I I believe was the true issue was is called perceived lack of supply. And this is something that a lactation consultant that I interviewed for my blog taught me about. Um, well, we can actually link the article, share the article. Yeah, as well. that would be great. Um, so we have ten tips, ten tips for successful breastfeeding in this article, and she taught me about this concept, which is basically if you start um, if you start supplementing too early your body starts to or stops making enough milk because breastfeeding enough is all about supply and demand. Mm -hmm. If your baby is trying to feed, your body is triggered, make more milk. And it doesn't mm -hmm. happen instantly. Like breastfeeding is an ongoing process and it can take time. It can take, you know, weeks or months to get in mm -hmm. your groove and establish your supply and all that. Yeah. Um, so that's something else I didn't know. But I started supplementing in the hospital. I got some um, advice that I took um, by someone I thought was an expert. And I obviously didn't arm myself with the information I needed ahead of time. And, you know, sl slept two hours and then took this advice from someone. And I started supplementing in the hospital. And so my supply, I believe, did go down and didn't get established right away. Um, and so perceived lack of supply is when women are pumping and they only see a little bit of milk come out because pumping is not indicative of how much milk babies are actually eating. Babies are much more efficient at eating than pumps are. Mm. So you can think like, oh, my baby's not getting enough milk. Or you might just think babies need more milk than they actually do. Their stomachs are teeny when they're born. So mom's think they have a low supply and then they start supplementing and then they ah. do have a low supply because their body isn't being um communicated to, yeah, to make enough milk to keep so yeah. um the first few weeks for me were such a blur I tried everything um power pumping and you know looking up all the foods and drinks and things and none of that stuff by the way um I mean, it's really about supply and demand. So I even tried a prescription to try to get my supply going and all these things. And I was mentally just broken by two and a half weeks. And my husband and I just decided, like, I, di I didn't know what else to do. And I, yeah. um, it wasn't worth it to me to continue because I was pumping like a quarter of the amount that my son would drink in one sitting. So I was triple feeding. I was breastfeeding him, pumping, and then feeding him a bottle every time he fed, every two hours. And it was a full-time job, and it just mentally broke me, so I gave up. I mean, so let that be a lesson to you. Try to get as much information as you can ahead of time. I'm a cheap person, so I was like, I'm not paying a hundred dollars to learn how to do something that <laughs> I'm already gonna figure out. But I mean, it's worth the money. Please, yeah. please don't make the same mistake as me if you want to go that route feeding your baby. But I have to say, now that I have, um, now that I have accepted, you know, my son has had formula for eleven and a half months, and he's huge and healthy and happy so there's nothing yeah. wrong 
with formula feeding either, but I will say it took me about five months to come to terms with the fact mentally that I could not meet my goal. It is a very emotional decision and it's something that's very, very tied into your emotions when you plan to feed your child one way and like you can't and you're like, you just feel like a failure. That's how I felt. So mm. um, I, I, I would just say be kind to yourself. And if it doesn't work out for whatever reason or you don't want to do it, just all you can do is try to be kind to yourself and, yeah. and know that you're doing your best. And it really was a good decision for my mental health in the end. So obviously I have some complicated feelings about this, but <laughs> I hope um, sharing some of these things helps somebody else meet their goal a little better. Right, exactly. We have a guest coming on to speak just about formula feeding as well. And, you know, I think oftentimes we shine a light on just the breastfeeding aspect, but it is important to shine a light on the formula feeding. And I think the summary of kind of all that you were saying is this is kind of the the theme, which is lower your expectation. And I guess when I think about it, I'm like, "Eh, is that a little negative? But I think it's more so you can, at least with this kind of experience, you don't know what to expect, right? And so many things you can prepare for, but so many things are also out of your hands. Yeah. So I think if we lower our expectations in the sense that, you know, my goal would be to breastfeed for a year. Right. But if that doesn't happen, I've learned that formula is just as powerful and just as successful, so I can go that route. My best friend recently had a baby and she had this beautiful mindset throughout the whole pregnancy. And she kept on saying, because the baby wasn't flipping. Mm. And she kept on saying, you know, I mean, I hope baby flips, but either way, baby's going to come into this world however he or she wants to. Yeah. And then, you know, if it has to be this, okay. If it has to be that, okay. You know, and I think if we could all just kind of put that sort of focus and energy into a little capsule and, and take that pill, yeah. Um, yeah. it would kind of take take the pressure off. So I want to move a little bit into the mental aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that you said regarding lowering your expectations is to take the pressure off of the to-do list Mm, because I've even heard of a lot of moms say like, oh, things are great. I'm feeling good or I'm tired, but I'm whatever. And the baby's doing good and pooping and eating and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just, I can't get all these things done. I, you know, I have all this list of things I need to do and I just can't get it done. Well, can you speak to that for a second? How did that feel in, in that beginning stage and how can pregnant women or aspiring moms not focus on that to-do list. And then I think that takes some of the mental pressure off. Yeah, I think the challenge here is that the postpartum period can be super boring as well. Mm. So sometimes you do want to, I mean, there's just a lot of like, it's a such a slow period in a lot of ways that we're not used to slowing down and, and being in that time and kind of not having a list of things to do. So mm-hmm. when we do have that time, we kind of want to fill the space and get things done. And you might see things piling up around the house and that can be stressful. So I guess I have a few approaches. Um, and the first one, the first one is setting up some help, getting getting some help in place. If that's your 
significant other, family, friends, somebody who can maybe stop by a couple times a week um, and help you just do some of that stuff that is on your mind, on your to-do list, things that you can see that are bothering you. Because your goal and your job right now is only to recover, to bond and care for baby. So that's what your focus really should be on and slowing down and taking that time to, I want to say enjoy, but you don't have to enjoy. What What you should be doing is recovering and bonding. So so I would say get that help lined up, ask for help. It can be really hard for women to ask for help and moms Mm -hmm. to ask for help. We're used to doing things and getting things done, but I think that's really important. And then the other thing is if there are things, um, I'm a list maker, so if there are things (laughs) that I feel like I'm going to forget or I really need to get done, make the list. And if you really you know, you're bored, you want to do something, you're just itching, then pick one thing a day or one thing a week. And so that you can feel like you are making kind of progress and getting things done, but it's not the whole to-do list. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just you need to let go of the spank and clean home, the every single meal is a fresh cooked meal, um, There are just some things right now that you need to put on pause, and you're going to start picking them back up as this goes along, but again, sticking to the the priorities during those early postpartum days and weeks is going to be really important. I think the key, too, that you said was you don't have to enjoy it. You kind of corrected yourself and, and said, oh, and enjoy it. Well, you don't have to enjoy it that's so key too for women to hear when talking about this mental aspect of the postpartum life is you might not enjoy it and that's okay and that's okay to admit and you know I've also heard the tips around trying to get back to a little bit of yourself so whatever that is during that postpartum time whether it's trying to read a little bit of a book or watch something that in you know gives you joy or asking for that help to make something for you that you really enjoy to eat. And you know what? I want to say that too. A lot of people do not like the newborn stage. Mm -hmm. There, I said it. I mean, why don't we talk about that? It's Mm -hmm. hard. You're going to be sleep deprived. You're not going to feel like yourself. You know, your hormones are totally unbalanced. I don't want to scare people like this is not a good idea or something, but I just... I don't think there's Managing enough honesty. those expectations. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's what we're like doing. it's of out of all the negative sounding things I say about this, this is still the best decision I've ever made and of I wouldn't course. trade my son for the world, but it is hard and it is messy and I think getting time alone every day is huge like you said to get a little bit of yourself back because Pregnancy is all about giving, childbirth is all about giving, and postpartum is all about giving yourself. And sometimes you're literally like, what about me? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So don't forget, you are still the same woman. All the things you loved and enjoyed, all the things that filled your cup and you needed before you had a baby, you still need those things now. So you Mm -hmm. desperately need to carve some time into the day back in for yourself. So 
getting that significant other involved and saying, I'm out, I'm going to go take a bath, don't talk to me for, you know, 20 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Be sure you're carving out that time. And a baby's cry is triggering for moms. There's no other way to say it. It's triggering. So if you have to put on headphones and let your baby cry safely wherever they are in their crib or bassinet, um, that's what you got to do. That's a man. You keep on saying so many of these vulnerable things that I think people get nervous to to say, you know. And I think that's the whole point of having our conversation today. And you continue to share, like you said, on your blog and through social media. What about mamas? Resources for moms and women like myself who are trying to just understand what to expect and and manage those expectations. In one of the articles that you had written, I'll, I'll also tag it in the show notes, but you talk about the perinatal mental health problems and you had an interview with a guest and that article was so, so informative and really breaks down what to expect, breaks down the symptoms. Yep, exactly. I think one of the two big things, one, it can be hard to know when something is wrong. It's hard to identify, Right. So again, it goes back to that preparing ahead of time, reading what you can, um, you know, about the perinatal mental health disorders so that you can understand the warning signs, asking friends and family to read these things too. They're part of this with you. So um, having your significant other understand what is baseline for you. And then obviously knowing you're going to go through a life-changing experience that's going to be very stressful. There are going to be a lot of new factors at play, but there's going to be a a point when that person can also step in, um, that person or a family or a, or a close friend and say, you know, this doesn't seem like you having them check in proactively is going to be really helpful and not just like, how are you, you know, like be real with them. Um, so understanding ahead of time, having people check in with you proactively and having that network And just knowing, you know, like you're saying, there's totally no shame in getting help. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel well. And there is help. That's the thing. There is help. I think the hard part is you don't know what you don't know. So I had a severe postpartum insomnia and I didn't even know how to look for help. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know how to Google it. I wrote into Google, like, my baby's asleep and I'm awake. Like, you know, the words postpartum insomnia were not in my vocabulary. So that's where it gets tricky. And that's where it, it gets to arming yourself with information. And the thing is, just don't give up. Like, If it takes a day, if it takes a month, if it takes a year and you don't have the help you need, don't give up because there is help and you deserve to feel well. I really want to encourage all the women listening, head over to whataboutmamas.com. Each blog that Brenna posts is a different topic that women need to know. And I think it's even important because these, some of these topics that you talk about, can be applied even when your children are older. And you might be even feeling like, for example, I spoke with one mom who didn't even know that she goes through a whole nother phase of 
emotions when she stops breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's been breastfeeding for a year, a year and a half. Well, your body is going to then change. So new emotions are going to come up and that's a whole nother chunk. So once again, like we, I keep on trying to say in this podcast, postpartum is not just the six weeks. It's not just the two weeks. It's all the time. You yeah. are postpartum after you've had a child <laughs> yes. and everyone can be a part of this. And the way that you're sharing your experience is just beautiful. You say the one thing it's not about, meaning your blog, is our beautiful bouncing bundles of joy because mama, you matter too. And I think that is key. You know, of course, we want to celebrate the baby that we just brought into this world and how wonderful that can be. But like we've been talking, like you said, what about me? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what is funny? When I wrote that first article, that was just like a total, um, it was like a journal for me. It was like, I need mm. to get everything out about everything that I see wrong right now with how women are being set up to fail, essentially, during their mm -hmm. postpartum periods. We're not prepared. We don't have the resources. We don't know where to go for turn to help. And I was like, you know, is saying what about me selfish? And then I was like, this is part of the problem. Hello, like, right. <laughs> me exactly. feeling this way is why I need to do this because I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. I might just be the only one I hear talking about it because. Yep. <laughs> but I want to go back to what you said. And you are so right about that whole postpartum period thing. We have this six week, um, you know, the six week. Uh, standard here and that is absolutely not true in that article in that article that I did with this perinatal mental health specialist she said there's new research saying uh, postpartum mental health disorders can begin up to three years after mm, giving birth wow. so where they used to say it's the first year now they're saying postpartum depression could begin three years later same with the other ones Postpartum depression is the most common. So you are so right with the postpartum, you know, think of it as like now just going forward, you're a mom and the postpartum period, this is all in your medical history. Just like you were saying, even if people don't necessarily experience what we've been talking about and in those first few months or even that first year, those signs and those symptoms can still come on maybe when you decide that you have to go back to work. Yeah. Maybe when you, like we mentioned earlier, stop breastfeeding. Maybe when they have their one-year birthday and you're like, holy crap, how yeah. did, you know, this year go by? So I think that's a really important aspect to mention too. Yeah. I want to make sure that we cover... If you head over to What About Mamas, the link that's in the show notes, you'll be able to pick up Brenna's postpartum recovery must-have guide. So can you just give us a couple little teasers of what people might expect from that, from that guide? Yeah, so this might be the seed of the idea for everything I'm doing here, starting back when I was towards the end of my pregnancy and I had my nursery theme and my nursery was ready to go and I had my baby registry and I had all the things I needed for the baby and I get a few weeks away from my due date and I was like wait isn't there like what happens after you have a baby is it just like fine or why hasn't anybody told me anything about this it's very strange 
for any pregnant woman out there, the hospital gives you a book like this when you get pregnant and you're Mm -hmm. supposed to read this like encyclopedia about childbirth and delivery. And I didn't read that. So (laughs) I kind of assume that nobody else does either. And I'm usually a very type A person. So I'm surprised that I didn't, but it's just, it's overwhelming. I'm not going to read that. So I believe women deserve to be better prepared for their physical recovery, definitely. And there are some list of things that you need to help aid for a fast and healthy delivery. And so I created a list that kind of gives you a rundown of what to expect with your physical symptoms after giving birth. So when you get home, you understand like, your body's bleeding for up to six weeks. Nobody told me that. So I have a list of those common symptoms and then things that you can buy to help assist with the healing or the recovery process. So that's my postpartum recovery Uh must-haves guide because nobody told me and I'm not going to do you like that. So (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome, Brenna. Yeah. So make absolutely. sure make sure you definitely grab this guide, especially if you're pregnant. It could also be a really important thing to grab to know what to buy somebody, like on a oh, yeah. on a shower gift. You know what I mean? So if you have a friend, if you're not necessarily pregnant yet, but you have a friend, go ahead and get this guide because maybe there's something on there that that mom might not even know to put on her registry, but then she's going to end up saying to you like, heck yeah, I needed this. Thank you. <laughs> right? Those are the best gifts. I'm going to tell you right now, this has, having a child has changed gift giving for me forever. Baby showers <laughs> are not about the baby. Mm-hmm. Baby showers are not about the baby. I needed to say that twice. Your girlfriend, your friend, your sister, whatever, does not need another baby onesie. She needs things for her own recovery because she is the one who gets completely overlooked after baby Mm. gets here. I mean, I don't know, maybe I have like a big ego or something, but there's just something about the (laughs) fact that like, you know, when you're pregnant, you're glowing and you get all this attention and everybody cares about how you're doing and feeling and looking. And then the baby's born and all that energy is like to the baby and you're like chopped liver. And it's like... (laughs) We love the babies. We need to take care of the babies, but moms matter too. And and yes, if you have a new mom or future mom in your life, please look out for her. Please check in on her. Bring her a meal, you know, ask her what she needs. And yeah, if you're in a gift-giving situation, put put together a little postpartum recovery goodie bag because Mm. that's what she really needs. She does not need another one. These are the type of conversations I want to have. So I'm so grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing and we were able to collaborate this way because what about mamas? It's, it's time that we focus a little bit more on the moms. I want to leave with one last plug. I'm going to share a surprise. I'm unveiling a surprise. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. (laughs) So, so beyond the website, beyond my social media and the ways that I'm already supporting women, I really believed that there was this huge knowledge gap, like I said, about what to expect with the postpartum period. And that encyclopedia that you get from the clinic that wasn't doing it for me. Scouring through YouTube videos and Google, that wasn't doing it for me. So what I'm creating right now is a a self-paced video course, and it's going to be all the information, all this information that I've spent a year interviewing these women's health and wellness experts, 
along with my own, um, you know, my own experiences as a, as a mom and information and opinions, not opinions, but information from hundreds of moms around the country who I've talked to, all this information is out there. It just needs to be formatted in a better way. It needs to be yep. digestible. It needs to be helpful. Yes. And there needs to be no fluff. So yep. that is what I'm working on now. It's going to be available, I would say, the end of the summer. So this is uh, 2021. It should be ready by the end of the summer. And basically, it's what I needed that it took me a year to figure all this stuff out. So I just think women deserve better. And I'm creating the course I wish I had. So yeah. keep your eyes oh my peeled gosh. for that as well. Absolutely. That's so exciting. And I think that's it because so many people I've run into that join our Facebook group and stuff say like, I'm pregnant and I'm just wondering like, what now? You know, and, and they're kind of searching, doing the Google search and getting all of this random information shot at them from all these different angles. But where do you start? What do you do? You yeah. know, so that's yeah. really exciting, Brenna. And I'm so looking forward to hearing how that goes. And We'll have to recycle for sure the episode too so that people get a chance to hear it when this is all coming out. I'm just so grateful for your time and for your vulnerability in saying things that people might not necessarily expect or that people might not necessarily say themselves. And we need more people like you in the world. So oh, thank, thank you. you for sharing I'm an that. open book. So, I mean, if one less person has to go through some of the ridiculous things I've gone through, I'm, I will tell you about it so you know how to get help or... Or so you can say, oh, yeah, that's what that woman was talking about on that podcast I listened to. And then you know how to get the help you need. Like, I'm here for yes. I'm here for you. And definitely head over to Instagram. I'm at whataboutmamas. The website is whataboutmamas.com, Pinterest, all the places, Facebook. Definitely DM me and say hi. Brenna, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jessica. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at Mamas in Training on Instagram and at mamasintraining.com. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together. <laughs>